Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Who are the people who don't think $14 million a year is very much? Who are those people? Well, we live in a world now where if a guy's making $20 million a year in the NBA, is he even highly paid? I guess that's a good point. Like, that's it the thing. Like, <laughs> it's like $40 million a year is a real salary in the NBA. So say Jack making fourteen, there are knuckleheads that would think that's peanuts. I'm here to correct that notion. Well, speaking of guys in the NBA making well north of $20 million a year, we're going to get into the Chris Stapps Porzingis trade because it looks like he is now a Boston Celtic. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. And all you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio to listen to us. It is that easy. So Chris Stapps Porzingis is headed to Boston. It's a bit of a complicated one obviously the Washington Wizards they are in sell now mode they are ripping this thing down to the studs we knew that was their mo when they went ahead and traded away Bradley Beal so they've got to now get rid of Kristaps Porzingis in order to facilitate this trade Porzingis has to opt in to his player option this year he gets moved to Boston the Los Angeles Clippers are involved as well they get Malcolm Brogdon because now the Celtics have to figure out a way of course to move that Brogdon contract. There's some other pieces moving around amongst these three teams as well, but that's the main part of this deal. What's your reaction? Well, let's start with the odd shift. Boston was six to one to win the title. They make the move. They drop to five to one. The corresponding move is bumping Phoenix up a little bit. They were sitting around plus six fifty. They're now up to seven to one. So the Nuggets are still your favorite. Boston is your second favorite. Phoenix is your third favorite. Two key notes here. Number one, love what Washington is doing. With Victor Wembanyama coming out in next year's draft, they're getting ready to go after a... Gi- oh, no, wait. He's coming out this year. This is all being done a year too late. Kudos right. to uh, Washington. There is apparently no Wemby in next year's swinging draft. swinging and missing in such spectacular fashion on a generational talent. So that's their thing. For Boston, I love the move. This is what we talked about recently with what we've seen in the NBA over the last three years with champions. Denver this past year, you go back to the year before that, you had the Golden State Warriors, and the year before that, you had the Milwaukee Bucks. Good teams, strong nucleus on all three units, solid coaching. You just kind of built up each year. You got a little bit better, and that's what you're seeing. Going out and signing Bradley Beal to go with two other stars, that looks fun, but you got no depth. You still have serious problems. The last three teams to do it are showing you the blueprint for how to build. You have to be patient, and that's what Boston's doing. Boston recognized that there's a deficiency, so they found a way to improve their front court. And the versatility this front court has now is astounding. You could put Porzingis with Al Horford. You could put Al Horford with Robert Williams. You could put Robert Williams with Kristaps Porzingis. The other two, Horford and Williams, they don't score a whole lot. So bringing Kristaps Porzingis in, who's off a career year shooting about 39% or 38% from three-point range and 49% from the field, that's the best he's ever done. 
So I think this is huge for Boston, on top of which people look at this guy and say he can't stay healthy. He did play 65 games last season. No one noticed because he was in Washington. Because he was in Washington. That's the key. In fact, when I heard this trade go down, I thought, okay, you know, I whatever. It didn't really move the needle for me initially. And then I started to look into what Porzingis actually did this year for the Wizards. And I realized, man, I really didn't watch any Washington Wizards basketball this season. That's what it boils down, or very little of it. Kristaps Porzingis, you mentioned there the percentages, also averaging a career high in terms of points this past season, about 23.2 points per game to go along with his 8.4 boards, his 2.7 assists, his one and a half blocks during those 65 games there for Washington. So coming off of a career year for the fourth overall pick in the 2016 NBA draft, it's what you said when I started to think about some of the flexibility that this provides now Boston, where you can space the floor when you have him and Al Horford out there. You can move Horford back to the four. You can put Brzingis at the three. There's a lot you can do. You mentioned Grant Williams. He's a restricted free agent this summer, so they're going to have to figure out what they do with his future. But when we talked yesterday, Yesterday about the possibility of them bringing CP3 to Boston. I said they were going to have to move that Brogdon contract that it felt like they were going to want to get out from under anyways. And this also facilitates that because they were able to get that done as part of this deal. The problem for Boston moving forward here, Joe, is that Kristaps Porzingis after this season, I would imagine, is going to command a whole lot of money on an open market. And oh, by the way, we're talking about a Boston team that's about to have to extend Jalen Brown to some absurd level. So how are they then going to do that and hang on to Kristaps Porzingis? I don't think that they'll be able to do it. So what they're doing, it feels like, is going all in this year while he opts into that final year with the player option, Boston's trying to utilize that, go all in. He'll be on a different team after this season. Yeah, but the beauty of it is it's not all in. You're acquiring one guy. You're just getting better by bringing in a guy you want and shipping out a guy you don't want. All in is the concept of making four, five, six huge moves, jeopardizing your salary cap, doing everything you can to win now. The Celtics are already built to win now. They're just looking to make a mild improvement. And that's what they did. They made a mild improvement with Chris Dapps Porzingis where they didn't have to jeopardize a whole lot of their roster. If it doesn't work out and he's not back next year, all right, you took a viable shot. Then you go out and you find somebody else to step into his role and you go from there. So and if you're a Celtics fan, you have to feel very good about what you're seeing right now. Very good because the team just got better and it didn't really cost them a whole lot to do so. It, it probably got better, right? I mean, it got better, I suppose. They have now Porzingis. They th- it feels like they can do a lot with him. You did mention there, though, the injury concerns with Porzingis. And in this deal, although I said that they wanted to get out from that Malcolm Brogdon deal, I mean, they are getting rid of the sixth man of the year. He is now headed to Los Angeles to be part of that Los Angeles Clippers team. He was averaging four, almost 15 points per game, over four boards, you know, o- almost four assists per game in 67 games this season. And he was certainly somebody available to them in Boston. So we'll see how this one pans out. It does make the landscape all that more interesting in the East. Are the Boston Celtics done? I mean, is there still a conversation to be had as they free up a little bit more space here of them still trying to bring in CP3? This is clearly a team that felt like it was on the cusp, but couldn't get over the hump. Obviously, in the NBA Finals last season, not able to get over the hump this season in the Eastern Conference Finals under a rookie 
head coach. They're looking for ways to retool here, Joe. And if you're a Celtics fan, just that alone, even if you don't think Porzingis is necessarily going to win you a title, I think your commitment from your organization when they're already pretty darn great to getting even greater, that's got to feel good if you're a C's fan. That's going to be the focal point of this trade because that's the marquee A-side move. But I do look forward to throughout the course of this show examining the other angles. Not so much Washington. We know what they're doing. But the Clippers have a lot on their plate right now. This wasn't about one move. They could be two, three, four moves coming for them in the very near future. And that roster could look very different. It's going to be fascinating to discuss what they have cooking at the moment. Paul George certainly could be one of those moves. We will absolutely be getting into that tonight here on Joe and Amber. Again, find him on social at Joe Fortbike and find me as well at Amber W Sports. Coming up next, we want to know your thoughts on Perzingis joining the Boston Celtics. Is this the thing that puts them over the edge? Are they going to win a ring because of Chris Stapps? Go ahead and let us know your thoughts on the move. Triple eight, say ESPN. We invite you to join the conversation. 888 729-3776. Joe and Amber, the podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Coming off of the best season of his NBA career, a nearly 28-year-old, Chris Porzingis, he's younger than I 
realized he was Joe Frankly, 27 Christoph. I feel like he's been in the league forever. These guys come right? in the league so young. It's always jarring, especially when you haven't thought about a player in a little bit, but I didn't think about him because he was in Washington, right? Even though he was having quietly the best season of his NBA career, he will not be quiet any longer. He is now headed to Boston. It looks like he is joining the Boston Celtics. What are your thoughts on this trade? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's where we find Ivan. Ivan is in Louisiana. Hey, Ivan, what's your reaction to the Porzingis trade? Yes, uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm not impressed because I don't know that this moves the needle for the Boston Celtics. And, and my, But my thought is that sending Malcolm Brogdon over to L.A. to the Clippers, that may encourage CP3 to not look at that or discourage him to look at L.A. and look more at Boston, a team that's ready to win a championship now. So that move would uh, help uh, move the needle for the Boston Celtics and make us a, a true championship team. Thanks, Ivan, for the call. It's funny because we were actually talking about this pre-show, Joe, when you were being fancy on TV on Daily Wager, and we were oh, talking stop. about this. Well, you know, I am a big TV star around here. You've only got so much time for us, but James and Mark and I were talking about this where does this mean Boston is even all that much more attractive to CP3 because Chris Paul reportedly wants to go to a contender? Now, we also know Chris Paul obviously spent the height of his career there in Los Angeles with the Clippers. His family still lives in Los Angeles. Reported they never actually moved to Phoenix. So I think his wife and kids are back there. He's got a lot of reasons to want to be in L.A. besides basketball. Plus, those teams in L.A. are pretty decent teams with some mega superstars on those teams that he could team up with. But I'm not sure either of those teams are in a better position to win a championship than the Boston Celtics are right now. And with the addition of Kristaps Porzingis, maybe even more so. So if Chris Paul's really committed to going to somewhere to win a ring, he's probably going to have a better shot in Boston, even though maybe it's across the country from where he was hoping to live. Well, it's all going to come down to what his priorities are. He's obviously going to say he wants to compete for a title. That's fantastic. Is that number one? Because what if competing for a title means getting 10 minutes a night off the bench? Does playing time matter to Chris Paul? What if competing for a title means 10 minutes a night off the bench and $4 million a year? Does money matter to Chris Paul? And then obviously what you were just hitting on as well, location. If your family's in one spot, do you want to be near them at the end of your career? Or do you want to be on the other side of the country dealing with the Northeast and the cold and everything that comes with playing in Boston? Not to knock it, I'm from the Northeast, but you factor all these things in. We just assume these guys either chase the money or chase the rings, but they're human beings like the rest of us. They're going to sit down and they're going to evaluate situations. They're going to look at school districts. They're going to do all that sort of stuff. So if going after a ring is the number one key priority for Chris Paul and the financials work in Boston, I could absolutely see him chasing that down. But what kind of playing time is he going to get? Because if that matters to Chris Paul, he might not be getting as much of that in Boston as he could somewhere else. And being near your family and trying to juggle it all together has to be brought in as well. So the priority list is going to be important to see. I still think it's the Clippers based on his family being out there, his familiarity out there, the fact that the organization wants him. I think he can get some quality playing time out there. That's who I'd put as the clubhouse leader at the moment, but it's by no sure thing a lock to happen. And does the sixth man of the year heading to L.A. do anything there? 
with Chris Paul and the attraction to the Clippers. Frankly, I think the attraction to either the Clippers or the Lakers has a lot to do with where both of those teams are located. But with either of those teams, Joe, it's also not like he would be playing in oblivion. He'd still probably find himself playing in a postseason. And so, yes, it might not be an easy road to actually win a title, which we know that elusive title has plagued Chris Paul throughout his career. Also, maybe he settled into that idea that, hey, I want to be competing and I still want to compete on the highest level. I want to be on a contender, but I don't necessarily need to ring chase at this point in my career. You're going to be on a contender if you have LeBron James next to you or if you have Kawhi Leonard, if he can stay healthy next to you as well. It just might not be enough to get him over the hump of the Denver Nuggets or now the Phoenix Suns. Triple H, say ESPN. What is your reaction to the Chris Dapps Porzingis trade? He is headed to Boston. Brian is in North Carolina. Hey, Brian, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for having me. I think it's not going to make any difference in Boston because he won't be able to stop Giannis or help against Embiid. They need somebody bigger and better. He's, he's going to get hurt, little fella. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny calling any of these guys little fellows, to be honest. Uh, but I, I don't agree with that. I actually think Kristaps Porzingis makes their defense better in Boston. I mean, I'm not saying he's – I mean, listen, defending Giannis for anybody is an issue, but you are helping them there at that center position, and I, I do think that defensively you are improving the Boston Celtics' efforts. The variety of looks Boston can throw at you now – is what's going to be fascinating about watching them play and watching teams try to match up with them, especially when you get to the playoffs. You know you have a scorer and a playmaker in Jason Tatum. You know Jalen Brown's there. Marcus Smart can shoot a little bit. You've got a lot of guys who can play on that roster. You've got Al Horford. you got Robert Williams, who's one of the premier defenders in the league. Moving Chris Depps Porzingis onto the floor alongside Williams or alongside Horford or bringing him off the bench in a situation where Horford is on the floor with Williams. Not saying he'd be a bench player, but moments later Williams would be your bench player. He's coming out, of course. The idea of how you would have to adjust your lineups to account for that. They can go defensive heavy. They can go scoring heavy. They can go fast. They can go slow. They can hit you a myriad of ways. We talked about this yesterday, your paths to victory when we were criticizing the Phoenix Suns. If the Phoenix Suns get into an absolute shootout with you, they can win. That's their path to victory. But can the Suns win a game 94-92 if it's really low scoring and every bucket is a fight and you need to show up on the defensive end? I don't think so. Denver won a title because they could win a variety of ways. Miami made it to the finals because they could win a variety of ways. They could get red hot from the three-point line and blow you out like we saw in the Milwaukee series, or they could win ugly like we saw for a lot of the Knicks series. The Celtics now have that. They have the ability to beat you myriad ways. The Suns don't. And that's the key difference when you're talking about betting a team like Boston, who's plus 550, and a team like Phoenix, who's plus 700. Yeah, they can go big. They can space the floor having those guys, those guys out there together. Kristaps Porzingis, 7-3, a 7-6 wingspan. And that caller just called him a little feller. That's what's fun <laughs> about basketball. The problem is he is a very high usage rate player, right? Like that might become a problem. He's a player that likes to have the ball in his hands. How does that work alongside Jason Tatum and to a lesser extent there, Jalen Brown, Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. But what this is, is the Boston Celtics showing a commitment to the idea, Joe, that they need to improve. And that's what 
from the Miami Heat perspective, from the Miami Heat fan perspective, we are so desperate for this offseason because very similarly to the Boston Celtics, you find yourself in an NBA Finals and you find yourself on the losing end of it. And you find yourself in multiple Eastern Conference Finals. And those two teams are always battling for the top of the East, but it feels like they're not quite good enough to get past the West. So is Kristaps Porzingis now going to be that missing link, all that flexibility that you're talking about? from a basketball perspective, is that going to get them past the Denver Nuggets or whatever the juggernaut is that comes out of the West next season? Coaching is going to be important for the Celtics. Joe Missoula did not do a great job in year one. It was very clear in that Philadelphia series that had Doc Rivers not outcoached him from being a bad coach perspective because that's what Rivers did. Rivers was just a worse coach than Missoula in that series. Had that not happened, the Celtics are out around earlier. And that's going to be a big question for the Celtics moving forward. He needs to up his game from a management standpoint and understanding when to make his substitutions and when to make his adjustments. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a speaker at a psychedelic conference. Is that a big deal or is that not a big deal? We will tell you that amongst many other things. There's a ton to get to across the world of sports. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Gators representing today College World Series. Congrats to them. Go Gators. James, don't shake your head at me. Joe and Amber, my name's on the show. I do what I want. <laughs> That's on you, James. Go That's ahead. on no, you. No, no, you you have to fight He was going to respond, up. and then no, I, I said that, up. and he was I, like, oh, I got nothing. I just came up with a, with, with another topic for big deal, not a big deal. So let's, oh, let's, uh, no. let's move ahead. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that is coming up. But first, Joe Fortenbaugh going to do what he does best. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. No picks yesterday. Took the day off. Overall as a show, 145 wins, 138 defeats, two ties. We are up 7.34 units overall. We've got two NBA draft props for you, and they're very pricey. So if you wouldn't bet these, I completely understand. But there's a difference between laying 500 when it comes to a UFC fight, a boxing match, um, a Moneyline NFL game, and laying 500 on an NBA prop that might already be determined. So here we go. Minus 500, Brandon Miller, number two overall. It could be Charlotte. They could trade the pick. But as long as Brandon Miller goes second, that's going to be the play. 
That's the bet, minus 500. He was even money yesterday, and then Woj started talking about it. Word got out, and we see this with the draft in the NFL and NBA every year. The line skyrockets. The fact that some places are dealing minus 900, and this is minus 500, which means risk $500 to win $100, that's still value in my opinion. So Brandon Miller to go number two overall, and then Amin Thompson to go fourth overall is minus 350. The way it looks based on all the intel, Wembenyana one, Miller two, Scoot Henderson three, Amin Thompson four, and then maybe his brother, Osser Thompson five, but we're not betting that. Just two props, laying big money, Brandon Miller minus 500 to go second, Amin Thompson minus 350 to go fourth. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber? You really mailed it in yesterday, Joe. Oh, they think about it. Yeah, no really took it easy. Joe and Amber is presented. Well, you were back, so I could take it easy. <laughs> you just kicked up your feet and just kept it moving. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, find out where they go in this year's draft. I have a pretty good idea where Wemby's going. Nevertheless, coverage begins tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and, of course, on the ESPN app. Hello, James Steele. Hi, yeah, we're going to play Big Deal, not a big deal. First one, uh, Joe, uh, before you arrived, uh, while you were doing Daily Wager, uh, Amber came on and was like, oh, no, I forgot that the Gators played today, and now she's all about them. (laughs) So big deal, not a big deal that Amber is a fake uh, Gators baseball fan. Hold on, this is not fair. I I watched the other... World Series games here, and I forgot that they were playing at like 1 p.m. today because their other games were in prime time. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, if you're yeah, a big fan, absolutely. you are. If you're a big fan, you travel Huge with the fan. team. Now, if you can't travel with the team, I completely understand that. There's work obligations. She's a parent. She has all thing, these things going on in her life, so I totally get it. But all that being said, it's still possible to find out what time the game is on and watch it. That is a big deal. That is very embarrassing. If I were Gator alumni right now and I were hearing this, and there are hundreds of millions, if not billions, of people listening to this show right now, um, of course, I, I would feel I'd feel some fact. shame. I'd feel some shame. Billions, millions, uh, and millions for sure. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I don't feel much shame though because I'm proud of myself for having tuned into this college World Series to the extent that I have because I'm not one that's typically very tuned in to college baseball if I'm being very transparent. I'm very proud that the Florida Gators are in this thing. I definitely have not followed Gators baseball to the depth that I'm sure I should have over the years. So I'm trying to make up for that now and I had a little bit of a scheduling snafu today. It's not going to happen again, guys. I'm here for you, Gators. Go Gator. What's next, James? All right, consensus is she's a fake Gators baseball fan. Gotcha. All right, Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers will be a guest speaker at a psychedelic science conference in Denver, Colorado. Rodgers, rapper Jaden Smith, and former Texas Governor Rick Perry, what just an elite uh, group of people there, uh, are all slated to speak at the conference organized by a psychedelic advocacy group. Uh, Amber, big deal or not a big deal? Aaron Rodgers speaking at a psychedelic science. I would say this is not a very big deal. Now, we have a uh, program director here. I'm not going to name by name, but I, I think he his impression of this psychedelic conference was that everybody was actually doing psychedelics while Aaron Rodgers is, <laughs> is speaking. Now, we all know what Aaron Rodgers may or may not have dabbled in in the past and may or may not enjoy. But I will say, as somebody with 
not much knowledge on the subject, but some knowledge on this subject. As I understand it, these psychedelic conferences, Joe, are very scientifically based and they are quite literally panels of speakers and people sitting in conference rooms and listening to a bunch of scientists and medical professional and people from the legal community and, and legislators that are trying to legalize psychedelics or legalize them for certain medicinal uses. So it's probably quite different than what people are imagining. It's not Aaron Rodgers in some hut somewhere doing psychedelics. Also something I wouldn't put past him, but that's not what he's doing here. I, I'm not going to speak for Rogers, but I think if you support mushrooms, you've probably done mushrooms. Have you not? How can you support something you know nothing about? So here we go. I'll say big deal because the fact that this is just flying in the face of the league and no one's doing anything about it is very off brand for the NFL. They look to shut down everything along these lines, everything. And somehow, some way, one of the faces of their business is going to be speaking at a magic mushroom conference, and no one is even batting an eye at it. It shows you how far we've come. Oregon is the only state to have fully decriminalized mushrooms, as well as the District of Columbia. I didn't really think you'd put those two in the same category, but here we are. Five states have seen some of their cities decriminalize the use and possession of psilocybin mushrooms, California, Colorado, where he's going to be speaking, Massachusetts, Michigan, and Washington. So it really does say a lot about the direction the country's heading, as well as the NFL, that no one has even thought about stepping in to tell him, hey, man, this isn't a great look. Like, normally the NFL shuts down everything, and no one seems to have said anything to him. Well, the problem these sports leagues are going to be navigating now is with some of the legalization of this stuff, and you saw it with marijuana, and psychedelics actually fall into the same category because there are uh, medicinal, reportedly medicinal usage. There uses usages for these things. There are people that say you can cure things like depression with the usage of some of these things, some of the ailments that plague people. And if there's medicinal uses, then you could see a world where these things start to become more and more illegalized. And what does that do for these sports leagues that traditionally had taken a no tolerance whatsoever approach to some of these things that now become more legalized in a very different and rapidly changing world. So I do think it'll be interesting to see how these things are navigated moving forward. It's Aaron Rodgers though. And that has everything to do with this as well, right? Like the NFL is like, all right, Aaron, if it was another player, maybe there'd be a little bit more scrutiny there. But I think we have all just come to appreciate Aaron Rodgers for who he is. And boy, if this isn't on brand, go ahead, James. He's becoming the Bill Walton of the NFL. <laughs> right, 100%. It's a good comparison. All right. And that's a, that's a, that's pretty on the nose there. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, absolutely. Great analysis by Joe Fortenbaugh. Apparently, Mike Greenberg hates birthdays. Here's what he had to say on his show, Greeny, which airs weekdays from 10 to noon, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, when he was asked to give one of his producers, Bubba, a birthday shout out. If you and I meet as adults, I don't want to know when your birthday is, and I'm not going to tell you mine. Now, Brandon has just sent me a text here. Brandon just wrote, and I agree with you. He just texted me, I hate when people take off work for their birthdays. Me too. Han was in here yesterday. Alan Han, it was his birthday. You know who didn't tell me that? Alan Han. Someone else had to say, Greeny, you want to mention that it's Alan Han's birthday. Why? Why are we mentioning that it's Alan Han's birthday? 
Cam just said to me as we're coming out of break, give Bubba a birthday shout. Let's get that out there. Why? Why am I shouting out Bubba's birthday? It's June 20th. What what consequence is Bubba's birthday to anyone else? Like, we talk about these things like we're still nine. I see so much of this on Twitter. Have a wonderful, I hope you're having a special day. And then people will stop and tell you how much they care about whatever it is. It's just a horrible. Am I wrong? Who here thinks I'm wrong? Uh, so... Joe, big deal, not a big deal that Greeny actually hosts. Oh, no, no, no. That's not. That's the wrong thing. Uh, big deal, not a big deal that Greeny hates birthdays. <laughs> See what you did there? And I like it. Not a big deal. I am in his camp here because I'm trying to put myself in Greeny's shoes. You have to under- understand something about Mike Greenberg. He might be modest. He makes a lot of money. He's pretty famous. He has a lot of prestige. The more people who he has to remember birthdays of, the more he's on the hook for gifts and for nice gestures that's the problem with being rich and famous. People are going to come at you from river. all angles, all angles. And if I'm greeny and I'm meeting you later in life, I don't know you from when I was younger and you're not my kid or a relative. I don't want to be on the hook for all these birthdays and what people are going to want to try to get from me. So greeny, I am 100% in your camp, 100%. Was it ESPN? You give me greeny money. I will figure out how to shout out every producer in board ops birthday for all of time. But I do understand where greeny is coming from when it's adults making big deals about their birthdays. Generally, I typically don't fall into that camp. I know that's hard for me to say this year because you guys have only worked with me during my 40th birthday. I've never so, seen anyone make a bigger deal of their birthday than you did this past year. You I, documented every moment of it from Mexico. It was insanity. It was a it was I awesome. thought, why did I agree to work on this show prior to getting this knowledge? What adult not, treats their birthday like this? You were born. Get over it. I will not be doing that for my 41st How birthday. How do we know? Okay. We'll, How we'll do we back know up that? For my 50th. Here's the thing, though. I don't fully agree with him when he said it's annoying that people take off work for their birthdays because that is what I typically do is I would often just take off work. I wouldn't do anything to celebrate my birthday with anybody else, but I would take off work and like go to a spa or something, do something for myself that day. Just take a little R and R. I think it's a good excuse to celebrate yourself in life and we should celebrate getting older because it is a privilege to get older. I assure you the alternative sucks. We all should be happy about the joy and privilege of getting to age. See, the idea that you're going to celebrate yourself, what is it that you achieved on that day? Your mom and your dad did something that you don't want to imagine at all, ever. And then the result of that was you, and you want to go out and celebrate the fun your parents had that night or day. That's what, that's what you want to celebrate in the spa? I'm going to go get a rub down to think about how my mom and my dad, insert graphic, gross commentary. Listen, I hope they enjoyed here. themselves back then. Love is I a never beautiful ce- thing. I never, never celebrate my birthday, I, ever. I, I know I, what I, it means. I know what happened. I don't agree with you. I will take a flamethrower to your argument right now and a very dark turn here. But as somebody who battled and survived cancer, I was thrilled to see my 40th birthday. Because when I had cancer at 32, it wasn't something I necessarily thought was a given there, Joe. So I have kind of a different perspective now on life. I mean, there you go. Bada to bing, play, bada boom. Just to play to that a, card. Just took it to a place. Just played that, it. That we, no use, that we talk about that all the time in so many good, helpful ways. <laughs> and to play Listen, that card now. If you've got the cancer I'm gonna card, remember you play that. it. You earned that mug. Oh, Believe that. Coming geez. up next here. 
on Joe and Amber. <laughs> is all hope gone since the Heat couldn't land Bradley Beal? Now they've turned their attention to Damian Lillard. But is Damian Lillard staying at Borland? Things aren't looking good from the Miami Heat perspective. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe not entirely fair what I did to Joe Fortenbaugh there in the last segment. But if you got the card, you play it, you know? Every once in a while, you got to break it out. That it was well done on your behalf. If that were um, uh, jury duty, oh, my God, I would have been buried. I would have been, been buried. Unanimous consensus Jeez. in the jury room. Show and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio to hear us. And if you listen to ESPN Radio every single summer, you are used to the Damian Lillard conversation because, boy, do we seem to have it every single summer. A seven-time All-Star, Lillard once again found himself on a team that wasn't making the postseason. He is a player, of course, who looks like he would be a huge and valuable addition to any sort of contender in the league. But he's also a player that has been very, very committed to that Portland Trailblazers franchise for many, 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 many years since he was drafted by them. And so we thought maybe there was a chance. He was talking a little differently this summer on some podcasts. Maybe there was a chance he'd be willing now to move somewhere else if he was to help Portland facilitate a trade to get him somewhere else. He doesn't have a no trade clause, but we know that they respect him there and they're going to probably try to grant some of his wishes. Well, now we're hearing that he wants to stay in Portland and here is now Woj ESPN senior NBA insider from the Pat McAfee show today. They're going to be very anxious to watch what happens in Portland to see if there's any point this summer where Damian Lillard becomes available. He's not available now. He says he wants to be in Portland, and the Blazers have shut down anybody who's called about the possibility of trying to trade for him. So reportedly the Blazers now shutting down, shutting down anybody who has called for one of the most premier scorers and playmakers in the entire league. They're not even open to the discussion, Joe, as we head into tomorrow night's NBA draft where the Blazers have the third pick. Let's connect the dots. Why would that be happening right now? Why at the time of year where everybody's on the move, one of the most popular times of year to upgrade, downgrade, adjust your rosters, would Damian Lillard, someone we've been tracking for quite some time, who of all years, this looked like the year something was going to get done. Suddenly he says he wants to say, suddenly everyone in Portland shutting down every phone call that comes their way regarding the availability of Damian Lillard. Number one, it tells me they've got something cooking for how they're going to ramp up this roster. I don't know if it's via trade or what they're going to do, but they are sitting on the number three pick overall. It looks like that's going to be Scoot Henderson, the point guard from the G League. Number one right now, Victor Weminyana. Brandon Miller is the odds-on favorite, big favorite to go number two to Charlotte. So what happens there? Is one draft pick at three enough to get Lillard excited about the future? 
especially when you're talking about young guys who are going to take time to develop in a Western conference that's loaded with star power, or is there something bigger here taking place? Zion Williamson, perhaps, or maybe someone else. I leave it to you. Well, here's the deal, too, with Damian Lillard. He has made it very clear that he does not actually want to be part of a rebuild. So he has seemed to put some pressure on the Trailblazers here, finally, where he's saying, hey, you need to put the roster around me right now. He wants to contend. He wants to win. But also, simultaneously, he wants to stay in Portland if he has the pieces around him. And, of course, he's been there for 11 years. He obviously enjoys living there. He enjoys that franchise. Maybe his wife and kids love Portland. Who knows? Right. He's very happy there. He hasn't seemed very willing to leave. So, of course, I'm sure he would prefer the stars to go to him rather than him have to chase the stars. Right. Get to get the help that he wants around him. Scoot Henderson might turn into a massive star. Damian Lillard's 32 years old. He doesn't want to wait for that to happen. He doesn't want to be on a team where it's like, okay, you use a third overall pick on a dude who, sure, maybe he ends up being one of the best players in the league in four years. Also, with Scoot Henderson, it doesn't make much sense alongside Damian Lillard. Two guys, you don't have the need for both of them when they both would have the ball in their hand. So if they were to draft Scoot Henderson at three, you would think that maybe they would do so just to move Scoot Henderson or to move Damian Lillard after that point, because that's the other option there as well. This doesn't necessarily end the conversation with moving on from Damian Lillard. If you're able to get Scoot Henderson, maybe the Trailblazers look at that like, hey, this is a guy we can build around. Let's build for the future and go ahead and trade Dame in order to help build around Scoot Henderson. So it's not necessarily a done conversation yet. Isn't isn't Woj telling us that's not going to happen? That they're not. No, he's taking saying right now on. they're not. How I'm interpreting what Woj is saying is right now they're hanging up the phone. Right now, like today, the day so before like the NBA So, like an hour from draft. now, that can change, is what you're saying. Like in one hour, that can change. Well, I'm just wondering because normally we see these trades happen right now because this time of year, this week leading up to the draft, because normally they're looking at trading the actual pick itself, right? If you're going to go try to bring in playmakers to put around Dame, you're going to go and trade the third pick in order to do that. There were reports out there that. They apparently made an offer for Bam to Miami. And the offer for Bam, we don't know what the specifics were, but it would feel like Damian Lillard went on a podcast and said Bam's one of his boys. And then the Trailblazers are trying to trade maybe the third overall pick for Bam, which seems completely unrealistic the way, frankly, that the Heat do business. Yeah, but But if you're the Heat, how does that help? It doesn't. It doesn't help. It's not something that I can imagine Pat Riley doing. He's already not big on the draft. Now he's going to he's gonna get – like, they're a contender. They were already in the NBA Finals. He's going to draft a guy who he has to build off of for the next three, four years. It doesn't make sense at all from the Heat perspective. But I wonder if they're doing it to placate Damian Lillard. Like, hey, we're trying. We're trying to bring in your boys. We're trying to bring in the pieces you want. We're trying to bring in your friends. And if it's not working before the draft, maybe it'll work after the draft when we actually draft Henderson. Joe and Amber, the podcast.